got it. Well, we are back again with our interview episode. Yes, another guest episode, which is exciting. And we have Nina. Thank you so much for joining us. I saw you not so long ago in the Gold Coast. Meg hasn't seen you in real life forever. So this Seven is years or something, I think we're uh, just thinking about. Enormous <laughs> pleasure. Now, we'll get you to introduce yourself. Mm-hmm. And should we start with best thing you ate this week? Or Why not? Let's go. Yeah, I love this. <laughs> we have too because how often do you actually hear people talking joyfully about food? Uh, rarely. Enough. Not enough. Rarely, rarely, rarely. Um, yeah, I and Meg, I've been loving following your Recipe Tin Eats Challenge on Instagram as well. Um, yeah. I reckon I've made the spicy Szechuan pork like a million times by now, and I know the book's not even been out that long for it to be a million times, but um, so- that, that recipe book just seems to fall open on page <laughs> <laughs> You know when you've got a popular recipe when there's like, Splatter marks on yes. the yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, who are you and what's the best thing you've eaten this week? Yeah, the best thing I've eaten this week, um, oh, I think it was a baked potato. And I'm like baked potato in air quotes because my baked potato gets cooked in the microwave. Yeah. A microwave potato but then topped with heaps of butter and cheese and bacon and a vinegary coleslaw. Oh, oh yum. yum. Yeah. The 80s, 90s. So you could buy baked potatoes. There's, there's baked potato shops in food courts. Yes. I love the humble potato. It's my Irish heritage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. That I do love yummy. a baked potato. See, my family are like not pro-potato and it drives me crazy. Yeah. I'm like, I like it. They don't mind it like chips and roasted and as long as crispy. Oh, mm. I actually love it. Like just boils. I just yeah, I just love potato. Oh, a potato with butter and salt and pepper. Oh, Winning. Cheers. Mm. I know. My mum doesn't understand our house not being a potato house because she's the Irish one. So yeah, you know, you could have a pasta dish, and I think at least her sister would expect there to be some potato. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you need a potato fix, come come to my house. I'll make you potato. Oh, so tell us about yourself, where you're at right now, I guess, but sort of where you where you started, like, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of fully formed and knowing exactly everything you needed to know. And... <laughs> Cosmic. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's two parts to me. I've one part of my work now is Butter Digital, where um, I design websites and write SEO infused copy for other weight inclusive small businesses. Um, with the idea of helping to bring them, I guess, more aligned clients and customers so that they don't have to spend so much time on social media, avoid that time suck, and they can get on with dismantling diet culture. Nice. nice. I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about, you know, the hours that you take generating like a Instagram carousel and you know if it doesn't get any traction within like you know an hour or two waste of time compared to SEO and I'm like I don't know what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) like being free to fill out that a little bit too it's more impactful to actually get people to your website to actually find out what you do and get better amazing I 
that's the that's the kind of um angle that I've taken in also working as a fat positive dietitian. Um I also own Feel Good Eating. So that is a private practice based in NAM, Melbourne, Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I offer weight inclusive, size inclusive um, nutrition counseling for people right along that spectrum of chronic dieters through to people with clinical eating disorders. And being like a working dietitian and, and doing the work, um, it's it's a lot. It is a lot. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of capacity in the showing up for your clients, but then also all of the um, admin stuff you have to do for the client side of work that you kind of go, well, where is the time left for me to be doing all of that marketing? And so then I do look at my website and and see it really as almost like it's my employee. It sits there ticking along, all optimised, telling everybody what I do and how I do it and what my practice values are. Um, And then people who are looking for that, they find it. They find it. I pop up and then they have a look and they decide whether or not I'm the right person for them. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yes. so good. So what are the, like, I guess, particular challenges um, for, like, we'll go with dietitians in particular, sort of dietitians working in this sort of non-diet, weight inclusive, fat positive, whatever, whatever words, and I imagine that's going to be relevant, whatever words people use um, in that space, sort of getting clear on a message that some people may not, realize will actually really fit them well um yeah how, how how can people use that to get noticed in such I guess a weight obsessed culture um mm. yeah what are the challenges and what can we kind of do to make it better I've got so many thoughts I've got so many thoughts on it. <laughs> a bit of a what is yours <laughs> we're just gonna have tea now you just talk for a bit <laughs> <laughs> it's it's I've got so many thoughts and I could just answer it right now by saying I I actually don't think we need to get noticed by the people who are firmly rooted in yes. this culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like uh, we need to be ready with kind of like our soft landing pad for all of the people who have decided they're, they're ready to opt out and they're looking for something different. Yep. Yeah. So that's kind of my short answer is um, there is a challenge in standing out and, you know, coming back to that, we've got a finite amount of time, energy, capacity, uh, emotional output, all of that kind of thing that um, trying to convince people who don't know yet that they need to know this yeah. is yeah. maybe not a wise investment of our time. And, you know, I did it. I did it in coming to this approach. It's like, oh my gosh, it was kind of like walking from um, Wizard of Oz when Dorothy walks into Oz and everything, you know, turns into color. I'm like, oh my gosh, everybody needs to know this. I need to tell everyone. I need to get everybody. <laughs> what was actually on that? What was your, what was your trajectory on the, you know, standard dietitian, baby new grad to now? Yeah. So I. I did, um, I trained as a university qualified nutritionist first and that was like years and years and years ago. And coming out of that training, that's where I was like, oh, my gosh, I know all of this stuff and I need to tell everybody. (laughs) So I found um, 
WordPress at that time. That's a, a website platform, or it was like more traditionally a blogging platform back yeah. then. And I'm like, right. First blog, I think, was a WordPress blog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I got on there and I started writing about energy balance and vitamins and all like all of that cringy stuff now. <laughs> um, and obviously that got me nowhere in terms of getting a job, getting work, working with people. And then over time I came across uh, Michelle Allison who goes by the Fat Nutritionist. Yeah. Also, yep. yeah, Isabel Fox and Duke. And oh, yeah, she was yeah. an early one for me too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I... It's like, what is this? Like eating behavior, eating psychology, looking at the why behind we eat, and yeah, I was like, this, this is, this is the bit that I've been missing. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So I went back to university to become a dietitian with the intention of working in this kind of like nutrition counseling space. That must have been a rough journey. And went, uh oh, <laughs> I'm just getting yeah. harder. The stuff I'm trying to move away from. <laughs> it was a really, 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 really rough 18 months. I really struggled getting through that, um, getting through that masters. And I had Fiona Sutherland's head in the back of my head in the back of my mind, voice in the back of my mind, saying, "You just have to play the game to get your piece of paper, and then once you've got that, you can." Do what you want. Yeah. You close the door, do. you work how you want behind it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's how I came to be a dietitian and obviously got through that training and was like, oh, clinical is not going to be for me. Even community dietetics was didn't feel like a good fit. So I was like, okay, it's only private practice. Um, so being a new grad, mm-hmm. no money. Mm-hmm. I started private practice. I'm like, I'm going to have to do all of this myself. So I've invested a lot over over that time in in terms of um, website design, copywriting, search engine optimization training, marketing training, so that I could do it all myself. Uh, and then when I tried to outsource it, yeah, um, oh. with graphic designers and website designers, they just didn't get what they come back to you with a lady holding an apple. <laughs> <laughs> I I can cl- distinctly remember saying I don't want a whole heap of thin white women in yoga poses and that was what I got back and I'm just like oh yeah there's something that's it's so hard where I remember I um saw a business coach like I did the free sort of discovery call I'd know like I knew her through someone's like I oh, just do this free discovery call um and she had this phrase which again it's she didn't make it up um of you know um sell them what they want give them what they need in regard to like you can't basically saying you can't say you don't do weight loss if you're a dietitian that's what people want that's what they expect so get them through the door by saying that you're going to do that but then do the thing you're actually doing it's just like oh you don't get the whole lot that just perpetuates the way stigma and like experting of a dietitian to be able to change someone's body composition when that's not what we're doing and I was like I yeah this is this is not going to work <laughs> like there's just no ethically there's, there's no a, way I can do that so our little our little fun time with trying to get AI to help us oh. out and it signed <laughs> off our newsletter stay hungry <laughs> oh no but you, um, you also did some photography in there too didn't you yes some like food photography Look, Susan, I have uh, collected a lot of hobbies and interests over the time and 
I, I mean, nobody can see uh, listening to the podcast, but behind me, I've got some cupboards. And if I was to open them up, it's like it's a wasteland of all of the stuff that I have had an interest in. Nothing's wasted. I love that. <laughs> now with what you're doing, we're sort of bringing all that together. Like that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. So I, um, it was over the years I've like done a little bit of work in food photography, in sort of consulting, in writing, and it was only about like 18 months ago that I thought I would intentionally kind of bring my two worlds together. Yep. Dietitian and having doing all of this, you know, behind the scenes of business stuff. Cause I, I like it. I like that part of um, the business and yeah, put it out there. And so far, so good. Yes. And so many dietitians don't like when people start even saying things like, you know, SEO and keywords. And cause my husband's like techie. And so you kind of all that stuff. My eyes glaze over. Like, <laughs> I could just be like, if I, there was someone who got it, actually genuinely got what I'm about. I'm like Nina. <laughs> when I've been having these thoughts, she wasn't yeah. there. Like, and I can genuinely just hand over. Yeah. Because I remember having this conversation with one of my supervisees um, who was really stuck in that convincing stage. Um, and look, I'm in a position now with my business where I don't have to do any convincing. Like I'm I'm not trying to get people in and then bait and switch them. Yeah. Um, but I'm still, my website's not great. My copy is like not great, but I don't want to. I don't want to fix it to optimize it, whatever that even I don't know what that means. So I think like what you've done is just so great because there'd be so many people like me who know that there's a way they could be doing better of getting the right people through, sort of the, through door. the doors. Um, but they don't they don't want to do it, they don't they don't feel like they've got the skills um all the time, like we And saying. it is, it isn't like from what I like and I understand very little, but it isn't about like just having like the right words it's also knowing the size of your business and what you're up against those right words are going to be different when you're little because you're not going to be able to compete with like massive sort Mm. of businesses so yeah I know just just having the right words doesn't necessarily mean they're the right words for you right now in your SEO or whatever it is like Mm. anyone listening who knows what this is all about probably goes oh Susan shut up No, no, you're so right. It's it's a and as uh, the size inclusive paradigm grows, you know, I guess the competition for being able to I'm using air quotes here that no one's for those words and have you know have your website show up um, for those types of uh, keywords is going to become more competitive. But I think that's a good thing because it means yeah, absolutely us doing it. That's exactly right. For yeah, sure. definitely. And yeah. it's so much better. Like, uh, nothing is makes me happier. Well, probably things make me happier. But <laughs> when you know, I get an inquiry, like an email or whatever, and it's just like, I'm done dieting. I can't do that anymore. I want to do this. I'm just like, oh. But then yeah. when you get the, my GP wants me to lose weight, I'm just like, you're not my people. Yeah. But I'd like it's even like you feel like, oh, I want to be compassionate. Do I reach out and say, hey, this is actually what we do. We don't do that. And this is because of that. And so this might be for you. It might not be for you. I don't even really want to. I just don't really even want to have to do that anymore. I've got a beautiful admin assistant who can do that. But yeah. it will be so much better if people who landed on our website were the right people. <laughs> yeah. They and they find a multitude of people. Oh, there's a million. You want to do that? There's a million dietitians yeah. who will do that for you. Well, if they can find a multitude of non-diet people because they all have the right SEO and they all pop up. (laughs) Even better. 
Yeah, yeah. So I think that speaks to um, the challenge question you asked earlier that, um, yeah, I, I don't think we need to worry too much about trying to change people's minds or get people to pay attention to that because um, all you're going to do is attract trolls and people who are going to be nasty and then that's like a whole other topic of conversation. Um, yeah, it's it's almost that um, like stages of change model, trans theoretical model or how um, Hillary and Dana from I'll be nourished. Centre for Body Trust say are they reachable, are they teachable? It's kind of like filtering things through those questions to figure out whether or not it's a useful investment of your time and your energy um and yeah I don't think it's anything about trying to trick people or manipulate people because we all go through that process of not knowing that there's a you know so-called problem and then kind of being like oh this is maybe this is something that is not working for me and then starting to look around and investigating options and dipping your toe in and then coming back and going oh no that's too much for me and you know we eventually get there we eventually get there yeah it's like that um when you're speaking it reminded me of that sort of that model of moving from you know unconscious incompetence through to conscious incompetence through to conscious competence through to unconscious yes of that swimming around not knowing there's a problem not you know things aren't going great but you don't know that um and then you sort of have those sort of eyes open, oh there's a different way of doing this and I don't know how to do that even if I try I don't know how to do that and then moving to that well I can do it if I'm really 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 paying attention and nothing else is, is going on and then with enough practice and you spend a lot of time there getting to the point where you can do things without actually realizing that you're competent yeah um and it's really um all those stages are so uncomfortable. <laughs> Except one, which is much, much better. Much better. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I I also think with the work that we're doing and the people that we're working with, it is really important to pick your side of the fence that you sit on. Yeah, let's not be a what does um Fiona Sutherland call it? Interrupting. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. You can kind of use your social media if if you want to be on social media to create content that sort of talks to people at all of those different stages, the you know, unconscious, the or the pre-contemplation, contemplation, whichever way you want to want to phrase it, um, without trying to do that convincing. Yes. But I think for your website, it's really, really important that you are super on point with what you do, who you do it for, what your practice values are. Um, because you, like you were saying before, Meg, you don't actually want to attract those people who are pre-contemplative or don't know that um, there's something else out there other than weight loss because... Unfortunately, our profession is, positions itself as food police, weight loss, qualified weight loss consultants. And so... The weight loss experts, thanks. Oh, experts, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, that people's expectations when they hear the word dietitian they think weight loss um and a lot of dietitians do we you know when we've done um the Wollongong Wollongong Uni lecture like one year I think it might have just been this year um sort of go through all the here's the evidence we've got as you know um level a evidence that you know weight loss is short term and most people who lose weight gain weight all that sort of stuff and the question from one of your students is so what's the point yeah like one of the they students can't like, understand the, the point? point of a dietitian if a dietitian doesn't have the ability to 
safely and effectively make people lose weight permanently, which we can't. Um, because they've completely gotten dismissed. Oh no, we're excellent at behavior change. We can be excellent at behavior change. We can be excellent at diet disease relationships. We can be, you know, so many things that dietitians can do. But culturally, if dietitians are thinking that, dietitian students are thinking that, mm. but how much more is that prevalent thought in the culture that when they hear the word dietitian, they think weight loss. Um, ugh, it's such a challenge. I know. I know. But yeah, it's been it, that. That's that, that when somebody just went, "What's the point?" And you're like, "Oh, so many things." Yeah, so it's okay. It's okay. So <laughs> I kind of maybe maybe not from the angle they were coming at. I sometimes feel similarly that I kind of wish that we didn't have to exist because oh, I feel yeah. as though our our um, profession has been created out of the harm that has been caused people around yeah a hundred percent like you know we often would say like can't wait to go off and be a barista or a florist or mid-century furniture restoration was mine yeah (laughs) in a bookshop that just is for my friends (laughs) yeah 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 um i think the other reason why it's important to pick your side and be really clear and communicate that really clearly on your website is that you're also not just going to um, repel the people that you don't want to work with. You're probably, not even probably, I think you will repel the people that you do want to work with, people who have a higher weight body or who are ready for a non-diet approach because they're going to pick up on the fact that you are kind of like straddling both the weight normative and a weight inclusive paradigm and they're not going to trust you. They're not going to trust that you are not going to cause them harm or cause them further harm. And we won't, like we won't refer. Like if I see a psychologist practice and they take practice areas and one of them is weight loss, I'm like, that is not a safe psychologist for you. <laughs> whether you're whether you're in a small, like, well, your body size doesn't matter. Yeah. If someone has that paradigm of this is a thing that I can help you with, the risk of them doing harm is just so high. Yeah. And so, yeah, absolutely right. You won't get the people who you'd be really good for if you're... Mm. If your message is straddling, even if your practice isn't straddling. And I guess that's the, Mm. there is a distinction there. There could be people who still have weight loss on their website because, or weight management probably says, or weight concern, I don't know, um, because they want to capture more people, even Mm. if in the room, they really are fully embedded in like a weight neutral way of practicing. Yes. That is tricky. Um, So... What have you got coming up, Nina? What's happening in your world? What's yeah? I'd like to backtrack that. Uh, who are the types of health professionals you're working with, or practitioners that you're working with, as far as websites and things go? Because it's not just I, yeah, website. yeah. I have I've worked with a lot of dietitians, which has been fun. It's been uh, great. Um, I've also worked with some psychologists. I work with a bookkeeper. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Work with a postpartum doula. So it's oh, oh cool. There's it's the people who have weight inclusive businesses, and then kind of a concentric circle that kind of moves further out from that is like, do you do our values aligned in terms of how you run your business and operate your business and the way that you treat people, include people, exclude people, that kind of thing. If there is an alignment there, I'm like, I would love to amplify you and and set you up with an online presence that helps you get found 
Oh, so good. That's so good. So is it all um, basically people like hire you and you just do it all or is there an element of teaching people how to do it themselves? Like what's, what are the sort of different things that you offer? Yeah, so I I kind of see um, the search engine optimization, the copywriting and the website as all all being interrelated and because I'm not good at handing things over to other people I like to <laughs> I like to work on all three of those things so for some people they're like Nina let's do the whole kit and caboodle so I look at all of those things having a look at um, the keyword research and figuring out how to optimize or write the copy that has the keywords in it and then we design the website in a way that um, works both for, you know, say if, if we're using a dietitian for, for an example, works for the clinician in terms of how they like to get referred to and their onboarding process and that kind of thing, as well as working to connect with the people that they love working with. So it's it's kind of all three of those things. But also some people just want me to do the website part. Some people have said, can you just find me a bunch of keywords that I can write blog posts for so that, you know, my website can can show up for. Yeah, yeah. Um, some people have just got me to write copy because they're investing in a new website and they just want me to do the copy part because they know I get the weight inclusive part and know that I'm not going to use the O words or, you know, collude with diet culture and things like that. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And so, yes, I was asking you too, what have you got, what have you got coming up? There any yeah, so I I know that um, investing in your online presence with a website, it's a big investment. It's a lot. It's a lot to outsource. I mean, I I just um, mentioned before my my process was DIYing everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mine definitely involved a couch and a glass of wine and no. a weekly. <laughs> I was just lucky that my husband's into tech stuff and it was not, and he's like, you need to write me the stuff so I can put it on the website. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, and I know um, also particularly people who are just graduating, whether dietitian, psychologist, you know, what have you, going into your first business, um, it's almost unethical to take money from somebody who hasn't got an established business yes it kind of doesn't know what they're what they're doing and what they're offering and what their messaging is so uh, what I am working on at the moment is putting together essentially website kits that will walk people through all of the bits so that um, they've got that kind of containment and direction to get things set up beautiful in terms of years ago when I was on 12 years ago when I was setting up my (laughs) oh that's great that's so cool yeah, yeah, get them, get them sort of started. Mm-hmm. And once I've got some runs on the board, there are something they know how they work, who they work with, what they want to, you know, they can. Either hire you to make it even better or they might feel they've got the confidence and skills to just keep improving it themselves. Yeah, yeah. That is really, that is a very cool idea. Um, and what about in your sort of clinical world? Um, so do you, so you still see clients? One-on-one, is it like sort of 50-50 split work-wise or is it really leaning more into the butter digital stuff? I have a um, small caseload of clients who I'm working with and kind of um, 
narrow down even further, you know, when I say I, I work with people with clinical eating disorders, I tend to see people mostly who have binge eating disorder and then things that kind of cluster with that. So PCOS and binge eating disorder, um, ADHD and binge eating disorder. Uh, they're kind of my favorite people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've got a small caseload. Um, and I also have my online program in charge eating on, on the feel good eating side of things, which is again, similar sort of thing is um, getting people started with having a, a calmer relationship with food um, when what they've experienced for such a long time is feeling out of yeah. 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 I think that's such a, um, cause same sort of thing with us. Like, I mean, course wise, really just trying to get more out there mm. because there is only so much you can do one-on-one, but also from an accessibility point of view, not everyone can front up either time-wise or finance-wise to a dietitian again and again to, but, but yeah, so having that, your online program, they've got the introduction too, and then maybe come and do some of the more fine tuning um, with you. Totally, totally. Yeah, it's, it's, I um, developed it during COVID. I don't yeah. know if we had such an explosion of, of people requiring resources and access to dietitian psychologists all of that kind of thing that I did have a look at sort of the things that I work with people typically on in the first few sessions and thought how can I package that up as a yeah as a as a way to um get some of that relief and yeah as you said Susan it's the the dipping the toe into I think I need something but I don't know if I'm quite ready to to sit one-on-one with a dietitian and talk about my food stuff it's a way in it's it's a lot more affordable Yes. And it's a different format. It's a different format. It's a bit safer. Like you're doing it from your own home. You're not actually having to. I remember um, doing a course um, back in the day with uh, Tara McGregor and she, one of the questions, and I might have said this on the podcast, so apologies to listeners if I have, but she sort of um, asked this question. She said, okay, everyone, I want you to think of the worst thing um, that you've ever done, um, ever, the thing that you're like would just hate for anyone to know. So I'll start thinking. And she's like, all right, I want you to turn to the person next to, the, next to you and tell them. And she goes, no, 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 no. Of course I'm not going to ask you to do that. But, like, what were you doing in that moment? And it was like panicking or changing my story or thinking I'm gonna, I've got to hide, I've got to run away, I've got to think get something else, get me out of here. Um, and she says, like, we have to appreciate that for some people their deepest, darkest, I guess, shame or secrets or things that they just really feel that they wouldn't want anyone ever to know is actually around their relationship with food. Mm. Um, And so people are, if people are feeling that, they're not going to come up to feel comfortable with a random stranger person, dietitian, particularly on the background of what our culture says dietitians do and feel like that they're in a place where that they can have any sense of safety in sharing that. So um, I think it can be really helpful for that um, as well. And hopefully, yeah. with the, I don't know if yours is like ours, but there's videos and there's worksheets and there's we have a bit of a live component as well um, of, okay, I think I know that this, you know, I think I know Nina is not going to judge me because I've been listening to her talk in these beautiful ways about food. Um, and so maybe now I feel like I know her a bit, I'll come in and, um, yeah, do what you're saying, that sort of nitty-gritty yeah. Yeah. deeper stuff 
And in a way too, I was like, how often when you work with a client who's had quite a bit of therapy, where they've already got that sort of, that, well, not capacity, but the, the practice of reflecting and going deeper and you're like, oh, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Um, so to have them already, you know. Some of the groundwork. Yeah, some of that language already familiar as well. And I mean that's coming that's coming sort of and I'm using the word gatekeep but not in the icky sense because it's it's behind a, a paywall, you know, you have to pay to access that. But have a think about those things in terms of what you can be putting into your website, your social media, your messaging, your branding, um, that helps to start bridge that gap for people. Yes. Or, yes. Um, you know, just bring some of that anxiety down a notch in terms of the prospect of, of working with a dietitian. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very powerful. Yeah. I remember doing a workshop, another, I was talking about a different one before, but with, um, I think Tara Diversity ran it years ago. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about this dentist practice, which had this like, you know, they had the waiting room and then they had the, like the pre-waiting room and it was like a massage chair and you got to listen to an iPod. You know, back in the days, it was probably an iPod shuffle or something with like relaxing music. And I remember thinking, yeah, but they're dentists, <laughs> like dentists, like drilling, you know, needles. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. We're mm. way scarier than dentists. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yep. Dietitians, way scarier. So, yeah. So, you know, like coming back to what you're doing, the the words and the language mm. of your website to really sort of reduce it's that sort of stress pattern. yeah mm, for yeah. sure the on-ramp to the yeah you know, having to put yourself in a position where you're vulnerable and yeah. and courageous yeah pick mm. up phone, make that phone call or fill out that contact form and yeah go ahead with it yes so the facilitation of that with the um with the right language Absolutely. Yeah, so also because it's um it it kind of reduces some of that incongruence between what they read about and then what they're getting when they show up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah how many times have people said to have said to me at the end of the session, what I thought we'd be doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds really good. It's not, not what I thought it was gonna be, but and it's and like good. Sort of go, why did you come then? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like if this is a pleasant surprise. Oh dear! <laughs> no. Oh, I I don't think I would have gone through with it. Yeah, so the courage of our clients is phenomenal. It really absolutely is absolutely phenomenal for sure. So, a question that we've thought about asking, sort of as a final question, um, when we have guests on our podcast, is around like, what's your sort of I guess hope for the future with dietetics, with particularly that non-diet, um, inclusive space but actually more broadly as a profession um what would you like to see happen um in the next i don't know five ten magic wand magic wand what would what what would you be your hope for for dietetics and for your clients i guess yeah yeah i if i take it from the butter digital side of things i i want for everyone that i work with to feel confident and excited to show up and take up space online Mm-hmm. Um, not to cringe or be like, oh, I don't want to give you my website URL because I really don't want you to see that it's so out of date or that, you know, my practice has evolved in terms of my values and how I work, but my 
what I'm saying on my website, you know, that doesn't line up. Um, because when you feel confident and you, you're excited about showing up, people will pick up on that energy and it's going to make them want to spend more time hanging out in the places that you hang out in. Um, and I think that too can also make that like the marketing part, which we all grown about a little bit easier when it doesn't feel like such a, oh, I just don't want people to see me. Um, but I think more broadly, like my, my big, bold vision, you know, when we're thinking about what's our why, why am I doing um, Butter Digital is culture making. It's culture making. Um, I hope that by building solid websites for people, both from the tech side of things, but also that messaging and that positioning, that as a collective, we are all moving up in the search engine rankings um, and making it easier for the people who are looking for us to find us and that we bump those websites and those businesses who are in that weight normative paradigm off the first page. Nice. Oh, love it. That's a great one. I <laughs> love that. Um, so we'll obviously put some links on our social media um, when this goes out as well as in the show notes. But can you just let us know where's the best place for people to find you? Yeah. Uh, if you have not picked up on it, I am not in love with Instagram or social media, but I do have I do have accounts there. So um, I am butter.digital or feel good eating over on Instagram and my website is butterdigital.com.au or feelgoodeating.com.au. Beautiful. Nice. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming in and having a chat to us. Um, we are loving these conversations I, that we have with people. So good. So we'll put all your links in our show notes and <laughs> one of those links is the wait list, isn't it, for those? Oh, for the yes. DIY, DIY, DIY. Do yourself, do yourself in. <laughs> Yeah, and a wait list is in W A I T people, not W E I G H. Oh. <laughs> w A I T. Definitely. Yeah, on the website kits. Yeah, if that's something that people are interested, in, hop on, and I'll I'll keep people in the loop uh, about what's what's happening and when they're coming. And well, this also will awesome. be coming out towards the end of well the beginning of november yeah november graduates are going to be coming out right people are going to be hitting oh, yes. the ground and going oh there's the hospital jobs <laughs> <laughs> what can i do um but so many i mean so many grads have like really like insane instagram and mm -hmm. social media already but do they have the website that actually is where people are going to make their appointment bookings and yeah, can they actually find you? So, yes, yes. we'll definitely link to that. Listen out, baby dietitian kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, once again, thank you so much, um, Nina. And we uh, hopefully it's not seven years before we chat again, because um, that's ridiculous. Um, and we'll what see you around the Melbourne. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, we'll talk about that offline. <laughs> um, and we'll see you around digital spaces anyway in the near future. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. You're two of my most favourite people, so I'm glad oh, I had thank you. you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.